This is the Reflector Reflections podcast. My name is Annie. Join me as we journey around the world talking with fellow human design reflectors as they experiment and navigate their unique design. Today's beautiful conversation is with Becca, aka HD Undefined. Becca is a 3-5 reflector who uses human design, conscious business and marketing strategies to help make businesses feel easier, more efficient and fun. Welcome, Becca. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much, Annie. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. Uh, We were just saying off air how serendipitous it was that we got in touch because we actually got in touch with um, one of my very close friends, Kate, here in Australia, in little little Queensland, Australia. Um, And she said to me, do you know this person? She's a reflector too. And I was like, I don't. Um, And then I found you and then I found other people. So it was like she's the little reflector magnet, it seems. (laughs) I love it. And that I feel like um, so many people, especially over the past year or two, that I end up having these magical connections with, they come to me in the most serendipitous way. And it's, I love it. It's so fun. It is. Now, Becky, you've been in this space for a while. Um, can you share with us, can we journey back about when you first found human design and how that impacted you? Yes. So I have been really obsessed with personal development and spirituality for many, many years, probably since I was 18. When I was younger, I had a lot of like mental health stuff going on, anxiety, you know, kind of typical like experience that a lot of teenagers have, sadly. And that sort of drove me to the self-help personal development world. Um, And then, so as like a young adult in my twenties after college, I was very much on a journey to find myself and find my purpose and find my perfect job. And I um, landed in the animal rescue world and I was obsessed with it. I loved it. And I thought, this is it. This is my thing. And if you have an undefined G center, you know, that like, we're always on the search for our direction and our identity and our thing, but it changes. So it was my thing. It really was. And then all of a sudden it wasn't anymore. And if you know anything about, you know, animal rescue world and animal shelters, it's a very stressful world. Um, Lots of unhappy people and unhappy animals and stress. And so um, around the same time that I found human design was when I started to notice like something's not right anymore. I would like pull, pull up to work and get a headache, a stomach ache. My body felt super out of whack. I just wasn't myself in any way anymore. I was like falling into um, old habits, bad habits. And I just was feeling so off in every way. So then I learned about human design and I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm not in the right environment. And I loved everyone that I worked with, but it was not the right environment for me. Mm -hmm. So the more I learned about it, the more I I understood how crucial environment is for reflectors. And that if we're not in the right environment, we are clouded for making the correct decisions and from operating optimally. And I knew that it was time for me to go, which was very hard. Um, But I I left and I got a uh, kind of chill sort of desk PR type job. And that's when I really created more time and space in my life. Uh, to, to really like super, super dive deep into human design. Then I got obsessed and um, I started reading people's charts and then I 
started combining it with business and marketing and here I am, but it, it has, I've tried a lot of things in this sort of world and nothing has even come close to the impact that human design has had on my life, which is why I'm so obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how like, you've really, you've really put yourself out there. Like you've, you've really taken that third line um, experiential <laughs> and, and allowed people to to see that which has obviously helped so many people can you talk about how that has impacted you as well because it's not easy to throw yourself out there no it's not um the learning about the third line was so I can't even explain it to you it was so freeing and affirming to me because I've always been I've always been a a very trial and error, hands-on type of learner. I never loved traditional kind of styles of learning. I've always learned on the job, but I've always been a mega, mega perfectionist. And which is like something that we can see with a lot of third lines. But when I understood that my road to perfecting something and getting really good at something or making something really good is action, that's the route to get there. It's not learning and learning and reading a million books and preparing. And once I realized that it like unlocked this whole world of freedom for me, because I just, now I feel like all I need to do is just do, and then the pieces will fall together. And, and then I knew I needed to intentionally do some mindset belief work around, um, you know, perfectionism and like what failure means to me. And that's something that I've really had to redefine for myself, which is a process, but now that I, and of course I still get down on myself at like everybody does, it's normal. But now that I've really, yeah, changed my beliefs around that, I just, I, it's freedom is the feeling that it brings me. And it's amazing. I love that you said that, that you just figured that out and you got to that knowing that you needed action. And once you start doing the action, it just all happens mm-hmm. and that you needed to figure that out. And I think that's a lot of yeah. people can get caught up into the reading and the reading and, and they don't figure that these out themselves or they want someone just to provide them with the the steps to say we'll just do this and do this but it doesn't work like that yeah (laughs) it's it's (laughs) an experiment it is literally an experiment and you know you found that out and I guess that's why you can keep going yeah and I don't like and it it also gave me it was so nice because I don't like studying. I don't like sitting down and reading. I have a client who's a five one and I always get such a kick out of her because she genuinely loves it. She eats it up the reading and consuming the the books and the investigating. And I'm like, you're amazing because I physically cannot do that. I, and so it's just, it's been so nice to have the permission that I don't have to do that. And that's how I've learned human design is like, I learned a concept and then I played with it and then I learned another concept and I played with it and it's just that constant back and forth and it's so much more fun <laughs> to me <laughs> that's a very similar situation that I've got here with a friend she's a three five I'm a five one and I'll sit there and I'm I'm a voracious reader and I'm always like down in the books and I'm like I've just learned and then I think to her, she goes oh, I can't be bothered with that like well but then I think to myself at the same time, I'm like, I really admire you because you just go out there and do it. Whereas I'm like stuck behind a book going, must learn more, must learn more. <laughs> but they're both like, neither is better or worse. They're both beautiful. Yeah. You know, I have a, one of my best friends is a five one and she's an herbalist. And I always tell her like, you have no idea how much I value your expertise. And, and anytime I have a question about plants or about gardening or herbalism, I go to her and I trust her and I highly value that. So they're both 
they're both beautiful, you know? Yeah. It'll, all the types have something beautiful to offer. So this is a, that you've been doing this experiment for a few years now and you, what is your family dynamic? Do you, can you speak to us about that? Like how that, you know, looking at your life when you found human design and how you can kind of make the connections and give yourself that permission slip. Yeah. So I come from a family of five. I am the oldest. And then I have a a brother in the middle and a younger sister, the youngest. Uh, My sister is a projector, a three, five projector. Um, And then everyone else in my family is a generator and they are all emotional except for me. (laughs) So that was, that made a lot of sense when I, when I learned about emotional authority, I'd say that learning about emotional authority has been one of the most helpful things for me to learn because my partner of eight years, has emotional authority who I live with. Um, like the majority of my really close friends have emotional authority. So it made, it made total sense, um, to, to learn that about my family and it, it, yeah, I've always just felt like, um, that feeling of being a barometer, you know, for how everybody's feeling has really resonated with me. But I, but I learned that as a child, because I, understood how I felt everybody's feelings because I didn't know how to deal with that as a child. It did cause a lot of like dysregulation for me, um, that carried into adulthood. And then, you know, as I got older and I was a teenager and I had friends, I was that dynamic was playing out with friends too, where I was just kind of being tossed around by all the energy I was feeling. And, and it, it, it really dysregulated me. So, so now, you know, that I I'll be 38 next year, I have learned the tools to, to take care of myself in that way, but it was really fascinating to learn. Um, and also to learn that, yeah, most people in my family are sacral people. Um, but it's, it's given me so much understanding for them, especially some members of my family who like have defined Ajna's, for example, I can think of a million times where we fought so hard about like me. I love my dad is the absolute, he's an angel. He's a two five, um, but he has a defined Ajna and we butted heads so many times when I was a kid, because he's like, he sees his perspective and he's like, I'm right. But me with my undefined Ajna, I was trying to prove that I was certain and that I was right. So it was, it's just, it's so funny to look back and see all the parallels. Human design, the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) I always just refer it as the gift that keeps on giving. Because just when you think that you're like, I think I might, I think I might finally understand this. Then something else comes up and you're like, oh, I only just scratched the surface again. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So many times that's happened. Like even just last week, I'll have a realization about something about my own chart or about someone else's chart. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Yeah. I had that too. And and you were just saying there before that you've got, did you say that I -hmm. have a completely open G center Mm. and um, it was something that I've been looking at. And then I've also got the gate 38. So it was shown to me that that's a constant. That's why we can, and it was, I think someone posted a meme about it, like how many certificates and how many courses that they've done to, to prove their worth to themselves, mm. completely open G center gate 38. And I'm thinking, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I know I've had that realization with the 
undefined heart, when I learned about that, I was like, oh my God, that's my whole life is just overdoing it to try to prove myself. And I have gate 48, which is, you know, gives you that fear of it, feeling of inadequacy. Um, and that's pretty much driven my entire life. So yeah, I had the same reaction when I learned about it. <laughs> it's like the triggers, the triggers, that's the yeah. gift that keeps on giving too. I know. <laughs> but it's so beautiful when you do delve into it and you look at it. I think when you first find human design, you kind of look at all the great things about it and you look at your chart or other other people's charts and you look for all the positive. And then I think when you start to feel a little bit more comfortable and you can start looking at the yucky bits and going, right, I feel really uncomfortable about this. <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable about this, but I need to look at it. Do you find mm-hmm. that there's areas with your chart that that's, you just go, mm. Oh yeah. I mean, like when I first, when I very first learned about it, I read you're, you're special, you're a unicorn, you're 1%. So I was like, Ooh, tell me more. I think that I, I don't know if I would have been as interested if I didn't hear that. Cause everybody wants to hear like, Oh, you're so unique and rare. So <laughs> that was cool. But then when I learned about the undefined centers, and I think some people, when they first learn about the undefined centers, when they don't fully get the, when they don't get the full picture and sometimes the language that can be used about certain things in human design sounds not great. And so my impression when I first learned about them was like, am I just screwed? Am I just going to be struggling my whole life? (laughs) And it kind of freaked me out. Um, but then obviously I, I learned the actual truth of them. And and now I just see them as massive, massive gifts and, and then just continuous opportunities to to grow and learn but yeah I'd say the areas that I still really really brush up against the building my business has really been like the undefined heart the gate 48 um I have need motivation so the transference of that is fear so that's like trying to check every box and be super prepared and and which kind of goes with the gate 48 and so I just would like I overdid everything every everything, trying to prove myself and make sure I was good enough and yada, yada. So that's been my big lesson the past few years, building my business. I I'd say the thing that I still am like, Oh, is, is the solar plexus because I am, I am the biggest conflict avoider you will ever, ever meet even. And I've got, it's gotten a lot better, but a couple of years ago, even just the slightest conflict, which someone else wouldn't even consider a conflict made me want to throw up and run away. It was bad. Yeah. So that's still something I've really struggled to be, to be honest, when I know that it's going to cause anyone even mild discomfort, I will just keep my mouth shut. And that's still like very real in the moment lesson for me. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that because it's not easy. It's not easy to look at these things in ourselves and just think, ooh, ooh. But yes. Yeah. What should say? Third line. You're going <laughs> to, you, you show it to the world and everybody yeah. else can then go, oh, I don't feel so alone because, yes. you know, they feel seen, heard and validated. And, and I think that's why we do this. We, we chat, mm-hmm. we talk so other people can realize that they're not alone and you know, we're not totally yeah. educating. And speaking of educating, so you got into reading people or doing charts for people. Um, and I've been talking a lot with others about this because a lot of the time when we as reflectors get our readings done, they're not done by a reflector. So the person who's done the reading for us is only really going on what they've been taught. They don't really feel it. Whereas I guess having a reading by a reflector to a reflector is very validating 
-hmm. Have you had many readings with fellow reflectors? Yes, I have. Um, I, I've had like other human design, you know, people, readers in the space send me reflectors. Um, and I think I've also just had them serendipitously find me and they're my, I mean, I love giving readings to everybody. I really do, but reflectors are, you know, I'm biased, my favorite people because I just, yeah, it's one thing. And I say this to like, if I'm giving a reading to a generator, I, I always, you know, make sure they understand, like, I'm not a generator, so I can't quite tell you what this feels like in my body. And I think it is good to learn about like the sacral response, for example, from someone who actually experiences it. But um, I think that it's, yeah, it's one thing to logically mentally learn something, but it's another thing to experience it. And I feel like um, sharing space with other reflectors has been so very healing and validating for me, whether it's me giving someone a reading or just being around other reflectors in community. I just feel like nobody gets it quite like mm. other, other reflectors. Yeah. And do you have a lot of other reflectors in your sphere? You do? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I probably started this Instagram maybe like three years ago. So slowly I've collected reflector friends over the years and um I did get we we got a group of us together and we we um have something called house of mirrors it's like a reflector panel um it slowed down a bit because we're all just doing you know our own things but we meet every so often and, and get together and and yeah so I'm I'm lucky that over the years I've I've accumulated <laughs> reflector friends, but at first when I started in, the, in this space, I was very, I was kind of intimidated by other human design people because I was totally coming from, you know, my, my insecurity and my self-worth confidence stuff for my undefined heart. And I was thinking like, I don't want people to think I'm stepping on their toes or I don't, you know, whatever silly stuff that we think. Um, but once I started to be more open to connecting with people, it just, it opened up like a whole new world for me it did yeah it really mm -hmm. does give permission to other people when they see people being vulnerable vulnerable and exposed and going out in a different way and doing something it's kind of it gives you permission to go I can I can do something like that too so it's really um I think any yeah. you know you see people when you start to move in this space and then they feel seen heard and validated and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. they start stepping out and you get mm -hmm. to watch that which you would do yes. as a part of your work, I suppose, that in, in the yeah. work that you do, you get to watch people be able to step out. Can yeah. we talk a little bit about what you do in the, that yeah. business side? Yeah. Yes. Um, and like what you just described, nothing makes me happier than, you know, as reflectors, we are good at seeing people's potential. Right. And so when I first meet with someone, I just see, and I feel that, and then it's just a process of, of guiding them to that, that place. You know, I think that everyone, I think everyone has the answers inside of them. I just see our role as like, coaches, guides, mentors, whatever, as just guiding them to coming back to that person. Right. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing brings me more joy than seeing, you know, clients and people like bloom and come out of their shells. And it just is the best thing ever. But so I, I, I realized that I wanted to combine, um, business and marketing with human design because, I had been doing the business thing, trial and erroring my way through it. And I had been working in the marketing world in some capacity for eight years or whatever. So I had a lot of experience there. And I realized that one size fits all strategies do not work in any 
capacity, like in any area of life, because we're all different. <laughs> and, um, and, and I just saw so much uh, business advice uh, coming from that one size fits all kind of prescriptive place. Mm-hmm. And I realized through my own discovery that the, the, one of the keys to unlocking what approaches actually work for me is, is just self-awareness and getting to know myself and, and coming back to this, like uh, my client calls it uh, and I'm giving her credit. Cause I just love this. She, she says, it's like a remembering of the self. It's not healing. Yes. Um, it's remembering it's my client, Camille. I just love her. So she's a manifester. Um, and so coming back, remembering, um, who you are and coming back to that self-awareness, that's how, in, in my opinion, that's the best way to craft a, uh, an approach to business and marketing that actually works for you. Because I just think that you can have the best strategy. That's the smartest, newest, coolest, whatever strategy. And if you don't like it, it's not going to work because a, the other people on the other side of the screen are going to feel your energy that you're not really into it. And you also, if you don't like it, it's, you're not going to have sustainable energy to keep doing it. So the only way, in, in my opinion, to create a, a business that is thriving and abundant, um, but that actually is fun and enjoyable for you is, is through self-awareness. And so I see human design as just a tool to pair with more traditional business and marketing. Um, and yeah, that's how I love to use it. That's amazing. I love that. Cause it's so empowering, as you say, like, we, we do know, we do know deep within ourselves, but we've got to, it's like, we've got to push through all of the bullshit out of the way, all of the condition, yeah. all of the years, all of everybody else's opinions. And then all of a sudden when we can actually get to that, when we can dig yes. deep and get to that, yes, yes, we can, and then, then it's raw. We're so raw and exposed that we question everything. I think, don't we? We start to question who we are. Was that really really me? Was that something else? Was that this? Was that? Mm -hmm. So having guidance, as you say, having coaches or guidance to help us or hold our hand, I suppose, and say, it's okay, Mm -hmm. we're right here. So Mm -hmm. I think the work that you're doing there is is very empowering and very beneficial. And did Mm -hmm. you move into that from just doing readings? Like, did you, was it something that you've always done in that space? Yeah, I I started doing readings just to do readings. Um, And I originally thought I'm going to do readings and I'm going to teach human design. I thought that was going to be my business. And I did that, you know, part time for like a year or something. And then I realized that what I got the most excited about when I had sessions with people is when people had businesses and talking about their businesses. And I was like, oh, I have been working in marketing for eight years. Why don't I? It just kind of like randomly dawned on me one day. And I don't know why it dawned on me sooner. But then I I, I shifted I shifted the focus um, because I do like I love to teach, but I am definitely not, um, I, I don't think I would enjoy more like traditional, just like, I'm going to teach you the whole human design system. So it made a lot of sense. It really just echoed what you were saying in the first part that you've just got to action something and then follow through with it. And it's just like you actioned it. You went, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read. And then all of a sudden it just slotted yes. into where, what lights you up and brings you joy. Yes, exactly. If I didn't just, and I was so scared to start doing readings like 
I, the first reading I did, I remember I was sweating and I thought I was going to throw up. Like I was so nervous. And, but if I didn't just start and I thought I had all the thoughts, like I'm not ready. I don't know enough yet. Blah, blah, blah. My first reading was for a reflector. I'm pretty sure. I feel like her name was Sam. This was a very long time ago, but, um, <laughs> and, and so, but if I didn't just do it, just take the action that I wouldn't have had the experiences of sitting down with a lot of people who own businesses and realize that's what I like. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that you probably like planned everything out. Yeah. Over- yeah. <laughs> you done it Cause I know when you get into something like that new and you're just like, okay, I've got to have everything. And you probably, instead of that being a 90 minute or whatever, it was probably a three hours, but that's you are you- spot on. <laughs> that's how you push through. <laughs> that's how you push through. I've got to tell you everything. I've got to tell you all these things. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh man. I, I, every session would go over an obscene amount. I would have a million notes in front of me and I would just like vomit information at them. And they probably were like, Oh my God, this is a lot. (laughs) And it was exhausting. I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah you know, it's tiring and it's not necessary. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I found that with readings and readers as well. Like it is such, um, a lot of people, they undercharge, they really undercharge themselves about how much time and effort can really go into a really good quality reading and how draining they can be because it's such a, it's a lot of work um, when you're going a deep dive in. So I, I, I have a lot of respect for the high-end readers, you know, the ones that really go deep into mm-hmm. all of the the channels and the gates, because it's mm-hmm. it is a lot of work. Unless you're Karen Curry Parker or Kip Winslow or something like that, you know, they're just they've been doing this for like twenty years. Yeah, you don't even they don't even have to look at a book because it's like it's it's so yeah. great. I know. I love both of them. Yeah, it. I have so much respect for people like that too. Um, and I I still am like, wow, I'm pretty impressed by because I've never been someone who can hold. I've never thought that I could hold a lot of stuff in my head, but just the other day I was talking to another human design person about how wild it is, the amount of shit that we memorize when we learn human design. It's pretty, but, and, and I'm not even, yeah, there are people, yeah, like Kipper, like Karen Curry Parker, who it's like an encyclopedia in their brains and it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. And it really does depend on another thing I'm finding out about myself, knowing what I know now is watching those transits. I can, one month, it could be completely different. Like I can have that, as you say, let's use the encyclopedia. It's just like, wow, I really know some stuff. And it was just <laughs> all there. But then next, the, the following week, it's like, I can't remember where I put my keys. And it's mm-hmm. literally wishy-washy. And that's, I think that's where your self-esteem gets a bit of a knockabout because you feel like, why? Last week I was good. This week I'm really wishy-washy mm-hmm. and I'm just like loosey-goosey. And you think, what's going on? And then when you start tracking it, you're like, oh, okay, I can't do anything. It's a write-off. This week's a write-off. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I've had that experience my whole life with, you know, in other capacities, like in school, when I have to give a presentation or, you know, I used to do theater a lot when I was younger, dance and having to perform or having to recite a monologue. Sometimes I would be like on, I would be so on. And then other times my mind would just be like, blank just <laughs> totally like <laughs> remember how to say enunciate a word and you'll try to say something I think that the, my word the other day was I was trying to say ingenuity and I couldn't I was like I could see it in my mind and I couldn't even pull it it's like I feel 
Yeah. I literally <laughs> thought I'd had a lobotomy. It's so funny. And you just think, I can't blame everything on human design, but you kind yeah. of just go, something has happened today in my in my mind, in, yeah. in my energy that I just, yeah, I'm trying too hard. Yeah. Let it go. And you, yes. And you have to just laugh it off because what you said, it, 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 it can be a blow to your ego and it used to really affect my self-esteem and my trust of myself. Cause sometimes I just like, I don't know what you're going to get today. If my brain's going to be on, or if my mouth is going to sync up with my brain, but people really don't care as much as it's you think that they do. People don't give a shit. And, and just learning to kind of roll with it and laugh at it and not take it so seriously is very helpful. <laughs> It is so good. I um in one of the earlier chats that I had with Simone Gallagher, I remember that because she's a breath worker, and uh, when she when she works with her clients, she's very upfront and honest with them, and she'll say, "I don't know what you're going to get today, so let's just dive in and see." <laughs> and I really grabbed that myself and gone, "That's exactly how I approach life now." It's just like. I kind of know because I'm a bit more anal, but I, will, <laughs> you know, I'll be I'll be watching, especially if it's something that's important, more important. Um, but I just grab hold of that and I'm like, let's. I don't know what you're going to get today. <laughs> you don't know that. which kind of Annie you're going to get today. You might get the good one, the bad one, the wishy washy one. You might get you might get the really inspired one. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I love Simone so much, and I love that. Yeah, and the idea. <clears throat> sorry, the idea that. Um, that I try to tell myself is, especially when I'm working with a client, whatever they need to hear today, it will come through me and they'll hear it. And even if it's not in the most eloquent way, because it's not about me, ultimately, it's about them. And I just want to deliver whatever it is that they need to hear, or they need to think about or whatever question they need to be asked. And as long as I get it out, it, it will come through when it's supposed to come through, um, even if it's not all the time or not in a way we expect. Yeah. And it's generally, as you were saying there before, they, they normally don't care or don't mind. No. It's us, isn't it? It's yes. our, it's our like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough or I'm not saying it eloquently enough or I'm not this. So it's very much, we need to mm. get out of our own, get out of our own heads yes. <laughs> or lack of head. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> our open head. Yeah. So, um, can I, could you share with us if, if you do subscribe to any of the recommended reflector practices of, you know, sleeping alone, tracking by the, the transits or the lunar cycle, what do you do? So both of those you mentioned, I guess maybe I'm a bad reflector in some regards. I don't do either of those, even though I totally think that they can be really helpful and supportive. Um, I, I will say though, like my, my boyfriend and I have been together for eight years and we live together and we love, you know, sleeping in the same bed. Um, but I, I will say that times that I am sleeping by myself, I, I do, I think every so often it's nice just to get a break, but I, from my perspective, as long as I just get some time where I'm completely alone and I get a lot of alone time, um, because he works out of the house and I work in the house and we kind of live out on more of a country kind of road. It's very quiet. My non-negotiable is like, I need enough sleep. I need alone time. And if I have those two things and my environment needs to feel good. Yeah. Those are my, like yeah. some of my, like in my top five things, yeah. uh, once I, when, if I have those, I'm, I'm good. I feel happy. Um, I sometimes will check the transits. I started doing it 
right when I started, I would every day I would do it and I would write in my journal and it started just to feel like another thing on my to-do list, kind of Mm -hmm. just like another chore. And I'm very much like, I need motivation. I want to do what's necessary and like not worry about the other things. So sometimes if I'm feeling really out of whack, I will be like, what the heck is going on with the transits? Um, and I will look and it, it is always very, um, enlightening, but I think the biggest thing for me is, yeah, what I mentioned, like the just get enough rest, um, environment, getting enough alone time and just operating on my own time is so helpful. And that's why I think it is great. Not that all reflectors have to be entrepreneurs by any means, but, but just having time freedom to when you're working and just having flexibility. Cause I didn't always have that. I, you know, worked in traditional jobs. It has been an absolute gift because, you know, we just, need to operate on our own time. We are on a different timeline than other people. And sometimes I do things really fast and sometimes I do things really slow and I never know what it's going to be, but just having the flexibility in my day to do that is extremely uh, nourishing and like supportive to me. Yeah. I love that. And do you find that because you have your own business, because you are, you know, working from home, um, how how is your energy? Do you find that you've you've are missing any of the motivation that you might have got from being in sacral spaces? I have I think I've perfected my my routine and how I structure my my life as a yeah business owner who works at home, but it's taken me time yeah. and experimenting and trial and error. But um some I did at first when I you know was just always home by myself in my own bubble. I did feel like sometimes I really was lacking the motivation, the energy, but then other times I would get a burst of it. But what I do now, I have like kind of a specific rhythm to my day. It kind of changes day to day, but um, I, I go to coffee shops in the afternoon because I found that like I work best in the morning. I have like, I'm really focused and I can just sit down at work and then I slump in the afternoon. So that's when I take a lie down and then I'll usually work out or go for a walk. And then I do a second work session at a coffee shop. And I, when I go to, and I'm a nervous determination. So when I'm out, like, and there's a bustling environment around me, I am like laser focused and I bust work out. It's amazing. So I do that probably three times a week, go to a coffee shop. And I also have um, started working like in partnership with another reflector and we're like full on business partners. Now we, we collaborated on something together and we were like, we're in love. We're in love and we're (laughs) a perfect match business wise. (laughs) Yeah. And, and working we'll co-work. Um, and I, it's, it's amazing to me how much easier it is for me to get stuff done just when I have someone else's energy. And we actually, uh, when our charts are together, or two reflectors, every single center is defined when our charts are together. So it's great. So, so yeah, there's ways that I figured out to kind of hack my energy in the best way. (laughs) I guess that, that really leads me in because, um, Juliana is a three, five, as well as you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, how are you girls making this happen? It just seems to be perfect, you know? So can, can you share with us what you're doing? Yeah. So yeah, it's been crazy. It's, it's been, you know, I don't know. I feel like you hear people talk about alignment a lot. It's kind of a buzzword and people say when you're in alignment, everything's easy. And sometimes it's almost annoying when people say that, especially when life feels hard, you're like, shut up. Okay. But (laughs) I feel, I feel like this relationship is the product of me 
really looking in the mirror and doing the work to be in alignment with my true kind of nature. Um, we met very serendipitously, like she just kind of fell into my lap and we became friends. And, um, we did a, an intensive together in, in January and working together just was, I don't know. I I've worked with a lot of people and I've loved everyone that I've worked with, but it's felt effortless us creating things together. Um, and so we are doing a group program called the vision and it starts March 1st. Uh, it's going to be three months. And so each month is going to kind of take you through a process of creating a really solid, stable foundation for your business, doing the, uh, kind of inner work that is, is needed to really, uh, fully step into our, our full selves and, and be magnetic um, in our businesses. And then we're going to work on actually crafting your vision, your plan, your strategy. And then the third month, we're going we're gonna to support you in doing the strategy and getting feedback on how it's going and making tweaks. So it's very much combining um, the kind of inner work, emotional work, mindset work with outer strategic external work, because I, I love, I'm really practical. I love strategy. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't see real progress in my business until I hired a coach last summer and did mindset work, emotional work. And I realized you need both. If, yeah. if something is totally one-sided, it's, it's missing something. So, um, Juliana is super, she's straight up psychic. She's really intuitive. And she, um, she goes, she has so much skill and knowledge and like emotions and trauma and can kind of just like her conscious son is in gate 19. She just can like see through the depths of your soul. <laughs> And I am like bringing in the human design component and my love for practical strategy stuff. And it's just going to be amazing. And I'm so excited. So I'm uh, so excited. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up, girls. Gee whiz. <laughs> Business stuff. This sounds like amazing. It's just like you could yeah, literally see into yes, our soul and just go, yep, get me, get me out of the way of myself so I can yes. get on and do what I need to do. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And I, I just feel like it's so worthwhile because you can, you waste a lot of time, like getting in your own way. So, and it's something that I, I ran away from doing that work for a long time because I was very scared to confront the truth of what's going on in here. And when I did, it wasn't actually as scary as I thought. And I just saw like massive leaps in my life. So then I was like, why did I waste so much time? Like, yeah. Uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall is what I did. And that's a method that a lot of people do in business is just like, I don't know, I'm going to try all these things and I'm just going to kind of see what happens and, and just let the not self drive you in a lot of situations is, is, is what happens. And so it's going to be really magical. And I can't wait to meet all the beautiful souls that are going to join us for it. I can't wait either. Mm -hmm. I'm so keen. You might have, you might have a whole bunch of reflectors in there. It just might be. Oh, that would be so beautiful. <laughs> How held would we be? Oh, oh my God. I think everyone should join me. I want to do it. We we're going to yeah. get all that details from you. I want to do it. Sign me up. <laughs> anyway, as long as you can yeah. work with Australian time and I don't have to get oh, up at yeah. 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. That's oh, always no. the hard bit. Everything's always in the States and you're just oh, like, no. oh, it's too, it's too early in the morning. We need more Australian. Mm. I need to find my sisters and brothers. A lot more yeah. of us here. 
that's, that's well, my mission right now yeah. it's like everywhere yeah. it's always in, in the states or a, a lot in sweden and germany it's like yeah. where are you guys i know you're here because yeah we are here <laughs> they're there somewhere but we'll work with you don't worry we love we love australians <laughs> we'll just bring them out so we can have our own little summit yeah <laughs> thank you so much beautiful soul can you please share with us how people can work with you where they can find you yes so the best way to contact me is on instagram i love sending voice notes and, and dms and all that good stuff so my handle is hd undefined so you can find me on there uh my website is becca becca daily d-a-l-y.com um so if you're interested in learning more about the vision you can find it on my instagram or my website and i would love to just hear you and meet you and talk to you <laughs> sounds amazing again thank you so very much for giving me your time and just having these chats and getting to know you yeah really thank you it. so much you are just like so lovely i always every time i meet a line five and a reflector i feel like we just already know each other and i just totally feel that with you 